it's me, Sean Capri. I'm glad you're here because you're listening to the most horse powerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Ryan Turford and on our journey today. Oh my goodness, what is going on with the initiative? And Starfield looks really good and Tunic is launching right now. So jump on into the Xbox Drive. Bob! Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. I'm bopping, Ryan. I'm feeling good. There's lots to talk about. I'm so glad to see you. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, sir. Oh, you dodging son of a gun. My I said I'm gracious. doing well. What do you expect, That's Sean? such a terrible, you, a terrible do me, answer. Do you want me to talk about the story about how I hurt my foot, Sean? Yes. Or the yes. fact that, I, you know, I've, you know, been packing and stuff like that. Man, here it comes, life's been, everybody. Life's been a twist. So, uh, I, I, like, last week, uh, in the middle of the night, I got up. Just because again, there's a long tangent, and uh, I actually I was walking around my bed, and my bed has these like metal posts on them, and I oh, accidentally no. like slammed my foot into one of the posts, and it totally was like all caught up and stuff. I actually was pretty sure it was broken, but oh, after getting examined, it was not broken, so I have not broken my streak, Sean. I've gone 38, or actually pretty close to 39 <laughs> years, no broken bones because no my birthday is next bones. week, Sean. I'm five more. I'm five more days before 39, Sean. So I'm 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 excited that I've almost made it without no broken bones. Look at this! But, happy birthday, happy early birthday! Look at all that we're learning about you, man. You are indestructible. You may have adamantium attached to your bone structure. Uh, you're making it, man. Look at this. Please, I'm permanently anemic, Sean. I'm I'm definitely like not the per, per like prodigy of healthiness essentially i'm not you're indestructible obviously you can slam your 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 calcium bones against metal <laughs> structures and they walk you walk away you're you're unfazed man Look at i'm this. not gonna lie if i was probably like five or ten years older i probably it probably would have been broken but uh, <laughs> it just crumbles to dust <laughs> yeah that's 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 how it works when you're old like that but but sean how I've broken are many you bones. Now well I, I'm doing great. I, I have broken many bones. I've broken both thumbs, both ankles, both ankles multiple times. Actually, I've, I've had surgery on my thumb, my right, my right hand. Uh, that's super fun. I had a pin put in. So uh, that was when I was, uh, I think 17 is when that happened. So technically I was in like pediatrics, like I was technically a child. So they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they walk you into surgery and they, <laughs> they have like a coloring book almost like here's what's going to happen. This man is the doctor and this is called an operating room. Like, I'm in high school, dude. Like, what are you talking to me like this for? But a memorable experience nonetheless. And um, yeah, getting put under something else. So give it a try, Ryan. <laughs> Break <laughs> yeah, a bone. Go for surgery. I'm missing sometime. so much. I, I mean, again, exactly. I've spent enough time in I, I've spent enough time in hospitals for for almost for a lifetime. Fair enough. Sean, so probably Fair don't enough. need to go there again. But anyways, yeah. this is the Xbox driver. We talk about <laughs> Xbox all the time, except for right now. So let's clean the garage a little bit. So folks at home, if you want to support the show, if you like what we do, of course, you can subscribe to us on your podcast feed of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts. Google Google Play, Spotify. We're in all the places you find podcasts. Apparently, even on Apple or Amazon don't Music. Don't they know that? I have a question for you about this. I'm sorry. Don't they know that? Like right now, as they're listening, do they not know that we're on podcast services? Where well, else? What if they, they discovered us through YouTube, but not through a podcast service, John? I guess. I think they might know that already, though. It's possible, but you it's know what? Thought. Let us we know, everybody. Throw it out there. Is this news to anybody? <laughs> we're on also, Apple Podcasts. You never podcast know. Services. There might be people who listen on podcasts who go to the app and play it, but they don't subscribe. That's so, true. Subscribing's the There are those people. Subs- hit that damn subscribe button. What are you doing? You can't ding, just ding, listen ding, to one of these. <laughs> you know, maybe even leave us a, a nice rating on, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Maybe leave us a nice Apple Podcast review. And Ooh. if you leave an Apple Podcast review, we'll read it on the show. Also, you can, if you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends. Ding, ding, ding. 
ring that bell for that them notifications. And then last but not least, if you want early access to this and all of our shows, hand over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Capri. And we want to thank our newest patrons on, over on Patreon, uh, Danae Stalnecker and Chris. I hope I pronounced your name cor- correctly, Danae, but thank you so much, both of you, for becoming our newest patrons. So thanks for our patrons for supporting the show. So now, without further ado, Sean, let's grab our A-Tracks, pop them in. It's time for the playlist. And uh, I noticed both of ours are black this week. So Sean, hit me with what Xbox you Xbox has no week. games, Ryan. Uh, I'm playing Horizon. That's what I'm playing. I'm gearing up for a review. I hope to be ready for it on Friday. Horizon Forbidden West. I was on the PlayStation Drive. You guys welcomed me onto that show, and I just slammed everything they had to talk about, I think. <laughs> Dude, I'm on a journey. I have to talk about it here, though. I need to, to make up for a couple of things. I, I'm on a journey with this game. This is going to be a, yet another example of you got to finish a game. You got to play it through. This game is getting better. I still maintain a lot of what I said. Um, I still don't really care about a lot of the tribal politics and whatever. It should land better than it is for me. Uh, but the game is like undeniably gorgeous it looks really really good um i I had a moment last night and i was i was talking to my wife about this she's like so you're still playing this game and i'm like yeah i've got to play it i've got to finish it for review and that sort of thing and she's like so what are you doing and i'm like i'm just off doing the side mission right now and she goes Mm -hmm. so clearly you're liking it i'm like am i liking this game because i could mainline it like i kind of had like a, a bit of a realization like i'm, I'm doing optional stuff i should be if i'm just playing it just to just to beat it then um i'm not actually doing that so i'm like maybe i'll reflect on that a little bit on this one my friend but nonetheless playstation 5 is enormous it has no business being that huge i'll, I'll yeah. still love my xbox but goodness gracious this thing so it's horizon is has been the biggest thing for me even though there's a Kirby demo that play, I played a little bit, uh, not on Xbox, and Tunic just mm-hmm. came out right now, so that probably is going to be what we talk about next week. Is Cyberpunk still lingering a little bit, mm-hmm. my friend? But yeah, most of my time has been dedicated to that there horizon, so so there. So, so many things in the hopper, my friend. Well, in the hopper. as for me... So first of all, actually, before I get into me, you brought up an interesting point about you being on the PlayStation Drive because I normally don't promote other podcasts that I'm on, but this week I want to promote the, the RPG Cave, our yes. RPG show that I usually record with Garrett Bland, but this week I actually record it with Sean and we with talked me. about Xbox 360 RPGs. So we actually ranked a whole bunch of them. We talked all about you know Mass Effect and Dragon mm-hmm. Age and mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls Fallout. and Fallout and yep. all kinds of Xbox 360 RPGs. So if you want to hear me and Sean talk about Xbox 360 RPGs, listen to this week's RPG Cave episode. We put that out every Saturday right here on YouTube if you're watching here or on the RPG Cave uh, podcast feed as well. So just Very wanted nice. to give that a shout out as well, since, you know, it's almost like an ex- episode of the Xbox drive this true. Week on, on that show. But uh, other than that, for me, I also didn't play anything on Xbox because I didn't really play anything on my TV this week because of the thing I just talked about, which was I hurt my foot. So I was pretty much uh, in bed with my foot up for like three or four days. Uh, oh, and that was like most of last week. And then the other part of it, you know, I was working and packing because I'm moving in in two weeks uh, to Toronto. So um, I have to get kind of this house packed up. So beyond behind all that, like I played switch because you can play that while you're in bed um, because I played a lot of triangle strategy. Nice. um, Because and all hail the power of the triangle. Sean, you don't get to talk about Nintendo ever. You're not on a Nintendo show. How far along are you into that game? I'm on chapter 10 of triangle strategy. Snap, dude, which is is far. that is far. That's awesome. Good for you. I'm jealous. Well, I mean, I'm no Kevin Ainsworth, Sean. He's Dude, like that guy two facet game. Just crushing. Just every game comes out for like a day and some. Like he's a time traveler. 
just yeah confirmed yeah i i and i i mean lo and behold sean this might shock you i'm really enjoying triangle strategy because again that's just oh yeah that's a ryan game. Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm really enjoying that game i imagine i probably do something like an extra mile or something for triangle strategy yeah at some point in the future whenever i've finished it um but i'm i'm really enjoying that game we should talk about that yeah that'd be fun yeah Uh, i feel like kevin ainsworth might actually be be done tunic by now ryan Maybe he might actually be finished it already. It just came out, but he's finished it already. <laughs> he's <Sean>. done. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I just didn't really play, have a chance to play anything on Xbox. Okay. It's been a busy week, but and it'll probably be like that for the next couple of weeks. Is even though my foot's almost back to normal, um, it, it's one of those things where I've, I'm still going to be heavy in packing mode, and I'm working like six day weeks, so it's just like. It's going to be tough. These are the things that happen, man. When we get busy, we do things like this. Like for me, I lose things when I'm really slammed. And for you, apparently you slam your toe into, into things. And I, I picture you with this injury, like, like the Flintstones when they bash their head or they get like Mm -hmm. some sort of injury and you know, the goose egg that just sort of like pops up. You've got like this gigantic oversized toe that you're just wrapped up in a bandage. And I hope that's working (laughs) out. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. (laughs) Exactly. See? Yeah. Anyways, I'm slamming the brakes on this conversation because it's time for some breaking news because we've got a lot of stuff to get to this week. Oh, okay. First, and I thought this was funny because I saw a friend of the show court or, uh, um, the, the PSVG crew throwing out Mm. there that it was a slow news week, but, uh, there's a lot of stuff talking about. about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the following games are coming to Xbox Game Pass, and a lot of these are actually out right now, starting with Tunic. Yes. Day and date. This was not supposed to be a day and date game because basically, funny enough, the developer of this game, like on Twitter about a week ago, and even like farther back, they had also mentioned this a few times, kind of answering questions from the community and mentioned this game is not coming to Game Pass, Mm. but it showed up day and date today on Game Pass. That's awesome. there you go. You got Tunic. By the way, lots of good reviews about that, but we'll get into it in a bit because we have actually a question about Tunic, so sure. I'll, I want to okay. save it for there. Next up, also today, we're getting Shredders, which is yes. not Shredders Revenge, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Definitely. I thought but that. the snowboarding game based off, uh, based off Amped, it's almost supposed to, the, the oh. developer talked about it being like a spiritual successor to Amped, which gets me yeah. excited because yes. I really liked Amped a lot. This so. looks awesome. Yeah, this is out today. You've also got The Dungeon of Nullbeck, The Amulet of Chaos is out today. It keeps today. going. That title keeps so, going. I know. It's real long. It's it's not the longest title out there. Not No Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game in the, the movie. The movie, the game. <laughs> yeah, but close. Then on March 22nd, we're getting Tainted Grail Conquest, Stop. as well as <laughs> Zero Escape, the nonary games. I want to throw this out there. Zero Escape, the nonary games. If y'all have never played that, this is actually from Spike Chunsoft, the, 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 the company that does Danganronpa and uh, the Somnium mm. Files. And this is a game that's all about kind of like escape rooms before escape rooms were po- were a popular thing where essentially it, it, you're you play as a bunch of different characters and they're essentially locked in these rooms and they have to escape because otherwise they'll drown or you know they'll die in some other gruesome fashion if they don't make it out within the time limit and then they've got these really evolving stories with a bunch of different choices and depending on what choices you make there's a lot of replay value there so these games are really really fantastic and i'm glad Mm. to see them on xbox for the first time because they originally came out on vita and 3d or 3ds before so look at you i was about to toss those away into the garbage but you give a little color into that yeah this is why you're here ryan I will say, though, they are very story heavy and they're kind of like visual novels mixed with a lot of puzzle stuff. So, yeah, it's a lot of reading. So just be aware going into it. But then on March 24th, 4th, we are getting Norco on PC. 
F1 2021 on EA Play. And then on March 29th, Crusader Kings 3 comes to console for the first time because this came out oh, it was on last PC. year. And it was one of the, the highest rated games of last year coming to Xbox Series X and S only. It's not an Xbox One game. Also, mm. I didn't I didn't note it on the dock, but Shredders also is only a, a Series X and S game. Uh, but you can play it on cloud streaming for uh, Xbox One. So you Very can play cool. it that way. Well, let, man, this in. is this is oh, a good example. Going. I'm sorry, I just comment on the on the collection of games here. Like, I think there's going to be comments and questions about big games coming to Game Pass, and there's lots to be said about that. But this is definitely you can't always have big games. And Tunic and Shredders, I think, are great examples of little indie games that that could and you should sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about both these games. Those reviews look awesome. But please, the question. Here you go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, I forgot to mention Weird West also comes on March 31st. That was one that was in there as well. That I Yeah, like I feel over. like overall the reception and even my own reaction to it was like kind of soft on the announcement of the, the March set of games. But yeah, I, those two, I, I, that's all I have time to play anyways. If I can get to those two, it should be a win for me. Yeah, exactly. So let's bring in Seamus McIsaac at Famous Seamus, who has not one but two questions for us. Two. So his first question is, what are your thoughts on the new games Come to Game Pass this month. Yeah. Any games that stand out to you? And then second question is, Tunic is coming out today. What is your hype level for the game? So obviously, I, th- I think you talked about it a little bit as far as how you felt about these games. I personally, again, even though we don't have like a high profile game on this list, I'm just hoping for good games on Game Pass, whether they're big or small. And it sounds like there's a pretty good collection of games. And there's a lot of stuff I haven't heard of yet. Like, I don't know yeah. what this Dungeon of Nelbeck, the Amulet of Chaos is and i've heard good things about crusader kings Maybe 3 but I've, I've never played it or anything like that um but i know that the zero escape games are really good and then i've heard a lot of good stuff about tunic and shredders even though again we'll talk about tunic now i personally didn't like the demo for Tunic, yeah and i know you didn't really like it either no so when I we saw worried. the review scores come for tunic like i was not expecting it to be as high as it did um so my type level was pretty small for tunic and I'm I'm not, I'm still not chopping at the bit to play it, but I'll at least install it and try it out and give it a go. But Sean, what do you think? You chomp at that bit, man. You get chomping on that on that bit. Um, I, <laughs> well, and this is another example. I think Elden Ring is a recent example where like review scores are like they do they matter. Like this is a conversation ongoing. I think we've got a couple examples recently of like they at least draw attention to it. This this um, amalgamation this congregation this amalgamation amalgamation of bringing together all these scores like i don't know i i can't ignore the 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 scores that are coming out for tunic i have to at least investigate for myself of course i will always make my own opinion for it but because i had kind of made up my mind that tunic was going to be perhaps subpar i was just getting ready for a game that i was really hyped for to come out and somewhat disappoint based on the beta or the alpha or whatever demo we got last summer i'm like oh this is what this game is and it seemed I mean, it was a beta, so like it seemed buggy, but I, in my experience, a lot of times like those betas, like they're so close to what the real game is going to be that I I never put a lot of stock into. It's just a beta. They'll fix this sort of thing. Like we don't even see that with like day one patches more often than not. So my expectations were low for Tunic and that was disappointing. I've already kind of mourned and had my griefing period for, uh, for, for Tunic. And I'm pleasantly surprised to see that maybe I had, casted my opinion too soon and it's just a reminder that the game isn't done until it's done and this <laughs> zelda fox maybe 
could capture my imagination and my heart. He's just the cutest little character. And um, I had a chance to play it at E3 when they had back in 2019. They're like, we just installed or introduced the stamina meter. I'm like, oh, God, this game is not coming out for a long ass time. If that's if that's where you're at. Um, yep. So, yeah, very excited to to play. This is a, a no brainer download for me. It's this is the highlight in my in my mind, the highlight of the of the list right alongside with Shredders, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally just more excited for Shredders because I feel like that's more my type of game because um, Tunic, what, it, it wasn't the bugginess of the demo that didn't inspire me. It was just like the mix of Soulsiness with, Souls. you know, mm-hmm. isometric Zelda gameplay, which is not really like my favorite style for Zelda anyways. So it's yeah. just like those two combined together just didn't really appeal to me personally. So if it wasn't on Game Pass, I probably wouldn't have given it a chance even right. with the high review scores. But because yep. it's on Game Pass... I'll give it a go and at least try it and download it. But yeah, uh, try bite. Yeah, we'll see. But Shredders, yeah, I'm man. way Holy more crap. excited for Shredders. Yeah, and then I might Oof. actually just like Dang and Rapa when that came to the service. Uh, I might actually replay the the Zero Escape. Games oh my as gosh! Well, to try and get, get, get all those Guardians. My backlog is out of control, Ryan. I need a tournament bracket. We need to. We're gonna have to do it. What is Sean gonna play next? We're gonna have to do. Well, this luckily, Xbox is trying to help you out with your backlog, Sean, because the following games are leaving Game Pass. <laughs> On March 31st, Madden NFL 20, because we got the the newest Madden pretty recently, Narita Boy, Shadow Warrior 2, and then Destiny 2, Beyond Light, Shadow Keep, and Forsaken leave PC Game Pass on April 1st. Because remember that that, uh, it's already left console Game Pass for Destiny, and then they'd added the PC version of Destiny a lot later. I think it was only like a couple months ago that they added the PC version of Destiny 2, and now they're gone. So they're actually leaving on April 1st. Good God. So. There you go. Oh man, you Naruto play those Boy games, never clicked with me. Now. Did you play Naruto Boy? It's no, like an old school side scroller kind of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't really super interested in it. But Same. Next up, this morning, Sean, we got a short teaser video for Starfield released by Bethesda, and it's basically like a, a little like five minute roundtable with with Todd Howard and three of the other. Uh, Bethesda Game Studios uh, developers just talking about the game. Yeah, we learned some some like quick facts from this. Um, they they kind of like. They didn't really dive too deep into anything, um, but we learned, Good. for example, that there's a bigger focus on the character creator this time around because yes. Todd Howard mentioned that they wanted to create like very realistic characters uh, in Starfield because um, he talked about how a lot of the envir- like things in the environment, like items in the environments, they took pictures of them and then they scanned them into the game and they wanted to make them like as true to life as possible. And they basically took that approach to human models as well, like human characters where they had a bunch of actors come in and they took photos of them and they're basically like doing their best to make them like as close to, you know, looking at realistic yeah. as possible. They scanned so. their genome, they scanned their DNA and programmed that into the game. They just rebuilt humans into this game. Yeah. This is a scary yeah. thing, Todd Howard. God Howard's taking it too far, Ryan Turford. Clearly. So, I mean, especially considering Playing a lot God of Howard. their older games, like <laughs> character models in particular have been something, you know, Bethesda Game Studios games haven't really done super yeah. well in a lot of their games. So mm-hmm. I'm actually really excited to see where, where this comes from it. Yeah. Uh, but they also mentioned that they, with the game, there will be one of three starting factions that you can start with. There's this like this like aerospace company, but there's also um, like a space Western inspired faction yes. as well as a corporate faction as well. And they, they did name the video, but I forgot to jot down the names off the top of my head. They also mentioned that you can join a band of space pirates. Oh and then my go gosh. Around and, you know, do space piratey things kind of similar. <laughs> they described it similar to, you know, it's something like the dark brotherhood or the fighters guild from, from something like the elder scrolls. So, uh, it's, I, I imagine it, pl- that, that faction kind of playing out very similarly to, 
how that worked in those games. And then Doesn't as well, like they, Dragon Age to you, Dragon Age Origins. We were just talking about this. Like nobody does a, a complicated, like you get a little backstory. We ha- we saw this with Cyberpunk. You see it in like Mass Effect, like choose your background story, but that's it. I feel like this could even impact like you, how you start the game, like maybe your first mission. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, and I might be just going crazy here because I'm super hyped about this game, but let the wild speculation begin and continue on, Ryan Turford. I hope they, this is like a Dragon Age Origins kind of opening thing. They actually sound like they start in like three very different points of the universe. That is what I'm so talking about, dude. Like fist pumping all day long. I'm going to pull muscle over here. Holy crap. Yes. And then God the Howard. last thing they talked about is they, they wanted to upgrade, update the, the conversation system in this game where instead of, you know, rolling mm-hmm. for initiative with kind of your persuasion points uh, based on your persuasion stat this time around, they, they, if you want to go through like a persuasion um, line to kind of pers- persuade someone to do something, um, you then have to go through a series of dialogue choices with them um, that are a lot more gray and don't really point to like, this is the obvious answer to tell yeah. them in order to persuade them. Um, so they wanted to make it sound like, you know, realistic conversations. Didn't they say this. that it came from, I don't, I don't know how much it was like just adopted or carried over or maybe just influenced by what obsidian does yeah they did like with the uh, outer well. worlds like that's that's maybe what people can kind of expect and that's that's really interesting we start to see these these brands and these developers start to coexist and learn from one another the good things from one game start to bleed over into another game maybe a benefit of the consolidation which is very cool ryan it's worth mentioning uh i feel like this game has almost like a responsibility to move the genre forward you know, mm-hmm. like it's been in development forever. Like these, if this is the team to do it, huge hype, huge, like the expectations are, I dare say out of this world, my friend, but I'm, I'm right there. Like, I've just like, I'm on a rocket ship. I'm going with this thing. It's space exploration, everything, every syllable they said about this game. I'm like, that's what I want from this team. I wanted it from like kind of Mass Effect Andromeda. Actually, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted it from Destiny in a certain way. Like, I love space. Let me just go be a space person. And I do. I can't wait. Holy crap. Give it to me now. God, Howard. Oh, my gosh. So excited. Yeah. So obviously, a lot, of you, a lot of y'all out there really want to talk about Starfield because we got oh, a bunch okay. of Starfield questions. Well, let's go. So let's start with Court Lalonde at Court Lalonde on Twitter who asks, first of all, how are you today, Ryan? Well, Court, you know, the weather is a nice, you know, 11 degrees outside <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> it's pretty nice outside. But I, I mean, I, I mentioned it before. How, how we got him, Court. Besides that. How hyped are both of you for Starfield? Obviously, Sean's I'm very beyond, excited for Starfield yeah. after this. Um, I'm still in kind of wait and see mode to, to, for my excitement uh, because on. I, I want to see what the how the game plays. And and I'm looking forward to more of, you know, learning about how you actually interact with this environment, how like space travel is going to work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like more than what they told us today. So I'm, I was already like excited for it, but I'm I'm like tempering my expectations still it's probably um, smart because it's it's been a long time since we've had one one of the games from you know bethesda game studios as well so um i'm curious to know how this one's going to turn out and i'm excited to learn more but next up tpr asks is it just me or do you guys think that bethesda should be releasing starfield gameplay no pre-rendered stuff a la cyberpunk 2077 before release by now i feel like they better show the game by e3 yes tpr Mm. i think like ID3, I think we talked about it before too, but I feel like Starfield's going to be like the big game that they show at E3 with like full gameplay and everything yes. to, to kind of show. Because I'm like very confident still that this game is coming out this year. I know a lot of people after today's video, I saw them on Twitter saying, this, there's no way this game's coming out this year. I'm like, I'm very much in the kit that this game's still coming out on. Absolutely. November they are 11th. locked in. 
Yeah, they yeah. made a movie with the date on the on the movie, Ryan. That's how you know that they can't change it after that. Um, man, I'm I, I'm on the train of the Bethesda found themselves in a really weird spot because they released their games for last gen and they did it in a certain style, which we loved with Fallout Four. It was they you didn't know it was a thing. Now it's a thing. It's coming out in September or October, or whatever it was, a couple months later, and we all liked that. But then years went by, and it's like, what are these guys up to? They had to say, really did, they had to say something. But where I think they found themselves after announcing they're working on Elder Scrolls Six, they're working on this mysterious game called Starfield, they just wanted to let you know that these are things that existed, we have a date, but we still don't know anything. I like it, actually. I don't want it, I don't want the, the, the hype fire to be burning this entire time. Like, set that thing ablaze in June and let it run feverishly until it launches in November. And that's, if that's the journey this game is on, then that's great. I felt like it was difficult to follow along with all the stuff with Cyberpunk. I feel like the more we saw, the more expectations kind of got crazy based on actual things. Like, my my hype is baseless. 100% speculation, and it's fun to do it. But there were there was trickery involved, and, there's, and it can get involved, and it's hard to present games that are not going to be released for a long time in an honest and accurate way. Uh, that represents what they're what they're going to be. So I actually like this. Don't show us stuff that might change as the development carries on. Set the hype fire in June, and let's just rock and roll, man, from there on. And I won't. I don't think I'll look back and go, man. I wish I had more Starfield for the last two years. I'll be thankful yeah. that once I'm in it, the patience will have paid off. And it's not like we've got nothing else to be looking at or talking about this whole time, too. That's yeah. My take. Actually, like with me talking about how I, I really want to hear see the, the gameplay more than anything with this to get excited for it. I'm in agreement with you. Like, I don't yeah. think they need to show it that early, totally. like, even though that's the thing I'm waiting for. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it a ton. Like, I want to see it basically at E3 and then not see it again unless there's like a random commercial before the game it comes out kind of thing. Like, yeah, um, that, that's kind of more what I'm looking for. Like the approach they took with Fallout 4, I think, is perfect for this. Yes. Um, but I do think like it, to T-Power's point, I think they do need to at least show us the gameplay of it at least somewhat before the game comes out, even Def- if it's oh, just no at doubt. E3 no with a demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's it. I think that's all they need to show us. And then from there, you know, we'll, we'll have our minds made up about the game. And I think that's all we need to know. But then yeah, man. Uh, Brent on the Discordia also asks, seems like Xbox doesn't look for system sellers in quotations in terms of games as it looks for quote unquote game pass sellers. Does Starfield look like the type of game that will hook and hold subscribers. And the thing is, Brett, this is just a tricky question to answer because unfortunately, I just don't think we know enough about Starfield to be able to answer this question. Because yes, it will be probably like Elder Scrolls V Skyrim sized, like expecting like 200 hours of gameplay from this is probably like what you, what you expect is probably they're going to do with it because that's just kind of Bethesda Game uh, Studios' style essentially. But like, I don't know if it's like it's not going to be a live service game or anything like that. So I don't think they're trying to hook people that way. But I think there will be a, obviously enough meat on the bones to keep people for a while. Um, but uh, I don't know if it, it really fits the the term of like what what Brent is referring to here as a Game Pass seller, because that's more of what, what I would consider live service games coming to Game Pass for. Like stuff like Destiny 2, for example, when it came to, to Game Pass, I felt like that was the perfect match for a game like that. Or something like Marvel's Avengers as well, where if it was a better live service game, I think it would keep you know, people subscribe to Game Pass because they're enjoying the game and they maybe 
see value in buying the subscription rather than buying the game. But Sean, what do you think about Brent's question? I'm going to rip your logic apart, Ryan Turford. Uh, number one, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I agree with the latter side, like definitely games that lend themselves to ongoing play live uh, games of service, like obviously makes sense in a, in a game pass model. A lot of multiplayer stuff we've seen that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but you have to remember that if this is a 200 hour game or more that not everybody plays games within a weekend, like you and Kevin Ainsworth from, from project X talk over there. Um, if you get this game, you're going to be playing it for months. Like the normal, the normies out there, people like me, like I'll be playing this game for months and months. And that does require, require an ongoing subscription i also think that regardless of the length of time somebody's going to be playing a game when a big game like this launches into game pass that in and of itself is going to get people to buy and then stay locked into game pass so much of the subscription model is just getting people started and then once you start you can't stop you almost forget that you're doing it and it just sticks around forever so this is a big draw to get people in. It's a gigantic game that they're going to have to keep their subscription for at least a couple of months. And then, of course, the hope is that within that time period, another game comes out and and you kind of string people along like that. So I do think this is both. I think I think we've also been a little too binary on Game Pass or consoles. I think it's both. It's additive. It's complementary to one another. People will buy an Xbox Series S and Series X um, or Series X, I should say, for this game. And they'll play on Game Pass as well. And they'll play on PC. Like, I don't think it's one or the other. Um, I do think this is big enough for people who've never owned an Xbox before to know the the pedigree of this studio and the importance of this game uh, to draw people into the ecosystem. So it's not one or the other. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say about this is the expectations from Microsoft, and Phil Spencer has said this as well, is that this should be the biggest damn launch of all time. And this is coming off the heels of 12 million copies of Elden Ring being sold. So the RPG category in general, just from a high level, is as popular as ever. And this game has has all the expectations from me, from I'm sure from, from Big Phil, from God Howard. A lot of sales expectations. What does it mean for the genre? Like all these things have to kind of come up. And that's going to be a moment. That's that that that's why I get hyped up about it because it'll be a moment in video games that we'll all remember for a long period of time. I would say. Yeah, I, th- I think the launch is going to be like unless it comes out with really poor Metacritic reviews. Totally, I, th- I think it's going to be. Yeah, a the quality really of the game, game is contingent on all, like all of that is contingent on it being a good game. Of course, that almost yeah. should go without saying. But you're right; like a a negative narrative about the game can crush all of that in an instant, which is nuts. Right. But yeah, I, I'm on the same train as you as far as you know. The, the expectations of, you know, people's excitement for this game and yeah. bring the, the ability Based to bring on nothing people at all. <laughs> yeah. It's but, but I mean, we saw, but we saw that with Sp- Skyrim though. So, I mean, I think they can do it with this game too. So we'll see. Skyrim had but, more of a reason for people to be hyped about it with the, the other Elder Scrolls games. This is just brand new. Like it's, yeah. But I see what you're I don't know. There's a lot of people, Sean, who played Skyrim, who never played any of those other games. Like Garrett Bland, for example, I talked to him about But Skyrim, was he as excited like, for, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, you know, you're right. And even Elden Ring is maybe an example of this too, where there's a lot of people who never played a Souls game, but they got excited about this because they just, it's this weird momentum that happens in, in video yeah. games. Yeah, good point. Yeah, because they like George R.R. Martin and not necessarily totally. you know, from software games. Yeah, uh, Or like with Skyrim in this case, like they like dragons and they're like, oh, this game looks cool. It's got dragons in it. Dragons, Again, that's what yeah. Because Garrett told me the story on the RPG Cave when we talked about it you know, on the Skyrim episode where he's like, 
he, he wasn't really into games at the time, but he's like, oh, there's dragons in that. That looks yeah. cool. I'll just play Maybe it. Space and then, dragons in Starfield. And then he fell in love with that game. So there you I go. like it. Hmm. All right. Let's let some of our friends into the car with us, Sean. It's time for the carpool. Let's start with Seamus McIsaac at Famous Seamus once again with nice. his final question of the week. And this relates to a story that I didn't have on the dock because it's still kind of like still kind of breaking at this time. So we don't mm. have all the details yet. So I kind of wanted to save our conversation on this one. He asks, do, do the, the troubles of the Perfect Dark reboot make you nervous mm. for any other future Xbox titles? So there, currently there's a report over on VGC that's kind of breaking right now, talking about how a lot of the, the development staff at the initiative have left the studio. Um, again, I wanted to kind of save that conversation for later as kind of all the details come come in for that story. Um, but essentially it sounds like the, the development is going in an interesting direction with that. But uh, we'll talk about that. But ultimately what this sounds like to me, Seamus, is it might be... It might be mismanagement. It might be something else. But we just with this, I we don't know enough about the story right now for me to render a judgment as to whether I should be worried about Perfect Dark or like anything else that Microsoft is doing at this point. I mean, I personally am not too worried about it, especially because like from other studios in particular, we're not, you know, seeing the same kind of exodus of, of people Agreed. from the studios. Um, yeah. It is really the initiative that we've only heard about so far. And even then, like from a lot of people that, that uh, are kind of inside the studio that have talked uh, on Twitter and other social platforms, they say that the, the game's still coming along well, despite everything that you're reading in this article. So just slowly. right now. Yeah. So right now I personally haven't heard anything that makes me worry about a lot of their games, Sean, but what do you think? I don't, yeah, I agree with you that I think it, it is contained to this. Um, so I don't look at this and go, well, obviously there's an issue with initiatives. So the coalition's in trouble too. Like, I think that's a stretch. Like it's like geographically speaking, it's just totally different people and cultures and the different organizations. I will say that I can't help but look at an article like this and go, yeah, Perfect Dark is in serious trouble. Like there's, in my mind, there's no doubt that like how how can it how can you look at it really any other way? Um, I'm encouraged to hear things. There is positives in this. Like the headlines are all disastrous, but the positives threads that are in the article and the and the and news that we've seen so far is that like Microsoft is being very patient with this, and that that could be causing a bit of like a clash in expectations in senior management maybe wants to like move things along and maybe for whatever reason things things aren't going as quickly as they want so they so they get out of there and maybe it's just a misalignment in philosophies on how game development should go along things like that so maybe there's a positive on the on the crunch side i know there's a lot of sensitivity to that uh, out there if this is if that's truly the case and maybe there's a positive spin here um, it just speaks to starting studios is hard. It speaks to video games are hard. Um, and it also speaks to like why they've been doing what they've been doing, which is just go buy everybody else rather than mm -hmm. starting a game from scratch. But to me, I look at this and go, no doubt perfect dark is in serious trouble. I'll be watching this, uh, this story unfold very carefully. There's lots of other examples of games that ended up not launching in great shape that took a, a very similar path that that this game uh, seems to be. I think 343 is a good example with uh, Joseph Staten coming in and out and back and forth into it. I think Mass Effect Andromeda is another example of this. Um, even uh, the other Bioware game with Anthem. Lots of stuff. Le leadership matters with this stuff. And it, you need a, a rock solid leadership team to lead the development of really any project, video games or not. So does it speak to other developments and other, other uh, studios? Probably not. Does it spell trouble for Perfect Dark? I think most definitely yes, and we're going to be waiting a long time for it, my friend. Yeah, if anything, this just makes it puts into perspective the news about 
Crystal Dynamics joining the team. Totally. In, in, makes in delight, sense. And, and it makes that move just makes it so much more sense now in hindsight. Because if anything, it's almost sounding like this is going to be a Crystal Dynamics game for the most part. Yeah. Which to me, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because I like Crystal Dynamics games it's a lot. It's silly. So, like with, a, yeah. with initiative like slapped on top of it. It's like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but we'll see. Like I said, it, it, we just don't have enough information right now, I think, anyways, to, to talk further about it. But next up, Console Kato at Console Kato. <laughs> First off, congratulations to Console Kato for reaching 100K subs over on YouTube. If you haven't checked out Console Kato's channel, youtube.com slash Console Kato. Of course, she asks, how are we feeling about Game Pass on Switch? It's still <laughs> coming. Obviously, Shout Kato. Kato. <laughs> yeah, at this point, who knows? Probably, uh, probably not. I, I still think it's in, if not, uh, it, it, it's not an if, but when at this point, but I don't know. We'll see. Steam Somewhere. Deck first. Someday. Yeah. Next up, Joe Sanchez at JSJR0313 over on Twitter. Wow. Asks, do you think there's a competition with Elden Ring for game of the year? I mean, right now, Joe, I don't think anything that's come out in the eyes of critics is probably going to surpass Elden Ring. Um, although the vote, it depends on where you look for your game of the year voting. Cause something like the game awards has like a different voting community, for example, than, you know, IGN game of the year or something like that. So e- each place is going to kind of evaluate game of the year differently. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to depend on how many, you know, souls like fans or from software fans are going to be on that panel. Cause what we talked about with those reviews, it'll, is a lot of them, the, a lot of outlets had like a, a, from software expert kind of review the game for them. Yeah. Um, which kind of you know, made sense with the scores when you read them because of the time frame of when the reviews came out. So yeah, I, th- I still think there, there could be a, a, an underdog either like horizon that's out now, or even yep. like a game like breath of the wild two, if it comes out this year or um, something like a God of war, if it comes out this year stuff like that, I think it's still, it still could be in the running. Maybe even Starfield if Starfield is awesome, but uh, we'll see. I'm disappointed in you, Ryan. Yeah slandering by omission triangle strategy obviously game of the year your number one fanboy of triangle strategy that's me sean capri i mean it's not gonna win game of the year and also horizon poor horizon this is the thing like again horizon first horizon came out near breath of the wild got gets overshadowed over there to a certain degree sells 20 million damn copies and yeah here's the next horizon sitting next to the biggest damn rpg that's ever been released goodness gracious if anything, they just shortened the windows this time. Window this time because they made it launch a week ahead of time versus goodness. You know, what happened with Breath of the Wild? But yeah. Uh, next up, Mike at Blaze Knight zero nine two three asks, "Can you believe Elden Ring sold twelve billion copies already? No. That number is insane. Just three weeks out from launch. Yeah, I can't believe it either. Although I suspected the number would be really high after NPD had talked about how it was already the second highest selling game of the last twelve months from the date it was released." you know, two days with sales numbers, two days in crazy, even over call of duties and things like that, which is in insane. This is to the question before. I just want to say, I think 2022 is going to go down as one of those years we remember for a long time. So to say Mm -hmm. like, there's only one candidate for like a game of the year, I think is maybe a little too simplistic. I know people really like this game, but this game, this year is going to be absolutely loaded. None of us have enough time for all these games. So there's lots to consider. And I mean, we've seen it in the past where when it comes to game of the year voting, it's not always the game with the highest Metacritic score that ends up winning yeah. at a lot of places. Sometimes it's so. Sekiro. Sometimes it's Sekiro. <laughs> or some, but or even last Sometimes year, you know, Deathloop was the high, was, or Deathloop yeah. was one of the highest rated games of the year. And so is, you know, Final Fantasy thir- 14 Endwalker. But the only place that, you know, Endwalker won game it. of the year was, uh, was South by Southwest. So there you go. There you go. All right. 
Next up, Todd Oxtra at Toxtra asks, are you expecting any big AAA date and date titles on Game Pass this year? When first party games only arrive two months out of the year, I think we need to ra- they need to raise the bar when there's a, no, a dearth in first party games. Yeah, I mean, Todd Oxtra, we've talked about it on the show before, but I think you will definitely see more third party day and date games, but I just think they're going to be games that are just going to be later in the year. Like, I don't think they're, they're ready to announce any of them besides the show, which is actually a pretty big one coming out next month. Uh, yeah. It'll be the show coming to game pass. I wish um, wrestling but, came out into game pass. I wish the new yeah. uh, WWE game came out because people are loving that game. And I feel like that would have been perfect in sports games. Just in general, I think just capture that. Like, let's get this annual thing done. Let's just get these yeah. games over and over. And they come into game pass. That'd be a great expectation to have because that's what, sure. that's what the show has done. Yeah. So I expect, I expect we'll hear more, but I, th- I think it'll be probably until E3 before we hear more about another game launching day and date. And then the last two questions are not even gaming related, but we'll bring them up anyways. Joe Sanchez returned once again and asks, what are your guys stances on daylight savings time? Oh, Do you God. hate it? Love yes. it or, or not mind it? Get Who rid of loves daylight savings Who time. Who loves it? I need to hear out yourself. Stand out. Raise your hand. Be brave. Be courageous so that we can judge you. <laughs> I mean, if you followed uh, follow Jace over at Backer Ridge on Twitter, he was they, they had passed the the law in the United States, or at least um, the Senate did, um, trying to get rid of daylight saving times get in rid the of United it. States. And he he was like responding to a bunch of people on Twitter, like talking about how they're they're sad that they're going to lose an hour of their life because of daylight savings time going away, or or you know not having enough. Somebody's like, no. Just no one cares about this. No, I, I get rid of it. Mm-hmm. We don't. We need one time. Settle it. Just the time all the time. Just go with it. Yeah. And then last question comes to us from Mike, aka Zero Skill at Zero Skill One on Twitter, who asks, "It's starting to feel like spring. Open a window and take a big whiff. It's oh, grilling man. season. What is your preference, charcoal or propane, grilled or smoked? I can't wait to fire up the smoker after I get rid of the crutches because uh, he just had knee surgery, so I can get into smoking some meats. So Smoke that this meat, is more Mike. Of sh- this is more of a Sean Capri question because I don't live in a house. I live in an mm-hmm. apartment, and I've lived in an apartment pretty much since you know I, I, I moved out from my grandparents' place. So, I mean, I don't really grill or barbecue anything because I can't because I live in an apartment building. So. Well, I live in the Arctic, so it is not spring for me. So humble brag over there, looking you got open your windows. You know how much it would cost me to open a window? Were you trying to heat the outside? It's like 15 degrees Celsius out today, Sean. It is not happening here anytime soon. Uh, But that doesn't stop us from from grilling in the wintertime. That's definitely something that that has been done many times up here in Canada. I prefer charcoal to the question, but I use propane. I wish I had a charcoal grill. Um, Smoked is just lovely. Uh, I'm just not very talented or patient enough, or I don't plan ahead. I'm like, my my cooking skills, Ryan, terrible. Like, absolutely terrible. Uh, I'm just trying to get through this backlog of games, and I'll eat, like, whatever's boxed up upstairs. And that's (laughs) why I look the way I do. So there. Thanks for bringing it up, Mike. Good luck with the recovery on your knee surgery. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm I'm also wishing, you know, Mike, a a speedy recovery with with Mm -hmm. his knee surgery. You got this, buddy. You're doing well, my friend. But anyways, we got to go, Sean. But before we go, Sean plugs That's the end. Uh, You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And I would love to have a couple more people join us. Patreon.com slash you, me, Capri. You get access to my solo Q&A show. Just me yammering on at you guys for about a half an hour to 40 minutes with all your questions. The Pants Patreon podcast for patrons podcast is available to everybody at the $3 tier and up. My friend, thank you. Very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You can find us on Twitter at Yumi Capri's on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Yumi Capri and on podcast services around the globe. So for Sean Capri, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 231 of the Xbox Drive and we out. 
Bye. I took a really deep breath because I got a couple things I still need to say to you while Ryan says his bod. Number one, I need to know how many of you guys that were unaware that we were on podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts around the globe. And I had a couple other things I wanted to tell you guys, but I've completely forgotten about them. Then I'll just say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bye. The Xbox Drive is fueled by patrons at patreon.com slash Capri, And from the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful to the more than 70 patrons who support us each and every month with a special thanks to our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. You can join me and the rest of the Phoenix Overdrive team at extra-life.org and raise money for the kids. And Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on this show and the Nintendo Drive, you can download his latest album, In My Element, on Spotify and Apple Music. Our platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth, and all of our gold members, Argo, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, Skinny Matt, Tony Baker, and Xavier Reyes. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Capri and choose the tier that works for you.